production. Hello, it's Sarah. I wanted to let you know about my three new meditations I have made especially for you. If you follow the podcast, you'll know that meditation has been a big part of my life for a long time, so a lot of care has been taken in making these meditations extremely powerful. I've created a 20-minute manifestation meditation to allow you to bring your dreams into reality. Then I've created two 10-minute meditations, one for the morning to help you start your day vitalized and with a clear mind, then an evening meditation to help you have a calm and restful sleep. You can find these three meditations on my website at the shop tab at sarahgrimberg.com. This is a very special Q&A episode I have put together at the request of so many of you. Through my teachings, learn the habits and strategies to live the most inspired life. Within this episode, I answer your questions around my daily practices, manifestation, boundaries, and how I live my own life of greatness. At its core, this is a conversation about the transformative power of owning and standing in your truth and finding peace through meditation and ritual. I would like to know, how do you get over your fear of change? Change is always such a wonderful thing and when we learn to embrace that, all the fear is gone. And when you remember back to the whole idea that everything happens for you, not to you, you know that you'll always be okay. I'm Sarah Grimberg, and this is A Life of Greatness. Working as a podcast and radio producer, I have been fortunate enough to cross paths with many intriguing people who have had a profound impact on me. In this series, I share stories and experiences from the people who have brought inspiration to my life, and hopefully yours too. It was an absolute privilege to answer your questions. My hope is that this episode inspires you to take action in your own life and allows you to rediscover your dreams and truth. My Life of Greatness community, hello. This is my first Q&A episode and I'm really, really excited about it. So what I'll be covering for you all are the questions that you sent in which are around my practices, my beliefs, the podcast manifestation, and a lot of my own personal experiences. So let's get started. And the first question is from listener Stu. Hi, Sarah. Stu Cochran here. Thank you so much for this opportunity to ask you a question, but also thank you uh, for the, the actual podcast itself. And thank you for all the presenters that present on there. It's helped me immensely, um, mentally and physically, to get me through some of the toughest times. But I do have a question for you, and it's, could you please tell me what your biggest turning point was? Thank you and much love, Sarah. My biggest turning point was quite a few years ago, as you guys know, I am a was a radio producer for many years and working with wonderful talent and being a radio producer is a lot of fun. But I started doing breakfast radio, which is glamorous to some extent, but then not in a lot of other ways. And it was a really good opportunity and I got given that and I decided I would take it. I did it for a year. And for that one year, I was waking up at about 3am in the morning to come into work And when you're a breakfast radio producer, you need to be really on the pulse of what's going on. So you need to know the news that's broken that morning, 
what's happening in sport and entertainment and all that kind of stuff. So it's a very much a job that you don't turn off. There's no switching off because you always need to know what's happening so you can give that information to your talent and that they're able to then go on the radio and and relay it and do an amazing job. When you do breakfast radio as well, it's like the lead show of any radio station. So also the other areas of the radio station are looking always at the breakfast radio show to make sure that it's going well because when a breakfast radio show is going well, it, it not always, but a lot of the time, it then flows to the other shows. So you always have to have a really good breakfast radio show. I think it's the same in TV too. There's a lot of pressure basically on the radio show to do well. A lot of eyeballs are on you. So I did this job for a year and it was really hard. So I was waking up at about three in the morning and at the time I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old and it was difficult getting up and then being at work for many hours of the day and never being able to switch off. But besides from that, the environment was quite hard. You're going through the winter months, waking up and it's dark and going to bed at the same time your kids are going to bed. And there was a point where I thought, I this is, I just, this is just too much. I'm miserable. And I don't think I'd really been very conscious in my life before that. And having that experience that really brought me down and really took all the energy out of me and was very exhausting allowed myself to reflect a lot. And when I was reflecting, I thought, I don't want my life to be like this. I need to do something about it. And I'd always been a spiritual person, but not like I am now or really delved into it as much, obviously, as I have now in my life. And so that dark night of the soul, and I can tell you it was very dark, allowed me to then think about my life and take control of it. And and I thought to myself, what can I do to make my life better? And I knew that it wasn't about other people, it was about me. And it was about changing my perception about life, changing where I was in life, changing everything that I could possible to be able to then lead the best life. When I had that realisation, as, as hard as it was, it was also very liberating because I thought to myself, okay, let's make a change. And then I started researching and basically I thought to myself, what makes the happy people in life happier? Is it their external things? Is it an internal compass that they've had? How do people become more resilient than others? Like there were so many questions going through my head. And during that time, I really delved into a lot of the spiritual texts and studying the law of attraction and philosophers and the scientists and doctors and all these people who had had spoken a lot about the habits of happy people, as well as how to live a life of greatness. And whilst I was on that journey, the information I was learning, I then started to use on myself and I started to change my thought patterns. I started to think about what I said before I said it. I started to be very conscious of my movements whilst I was completely unconscious before. And the first part of living a life of greatness is becoming conscious of what's around you and of you as a person. And once you become conscious, I feel 
that is the first realm to living a really great life. That is the first point to living a life that is fruitful, full of love, full of joy. As I started practicing all those things, I saw my life changing in such a magical way. It truly was beautiful. And I thought to myself, okay, I need to do something about this. I need to be able to give this information to other people. And that's when I moved into podcasting and I was producing other people's podcasts for a while. And then I had the idea of doing a life of greatness and one thing led to another. And as you're all listening to now, this is the podcast that has really is, I mean, probably not only changed a lot of people's lives that are listening, but it also changed my life. So that was my biggest turning point. And I always think to myself, would I change anything? Would I go back and wish that year of breakfast radio away because it was destructive in a lot of senses? But no, I wouldn't because it got me to where I am now. And if you change anything in your life, you wouldn't be where you were now. I wouldn't have learned the lessons that I did. And it was through that hardship that I was able to rise and... I would never change the pain for the glory that I've had on the other side. So that was my biggest turning point. Our next question is from listener Gabby. Hi, Sarah. It's Gabby. Can you please let me know if you have any spiritual beliefs? Thank you. So when I was 17, I decided that I wanted to study the Kabbalah. And I found that there was this Kabbalistic rabbi where I lived called Rabbi Label Wolf, whose work is phenomenal. I highly recommend checking it out. And him and I used to study the Kabbalistic texts and I used to just sit with him at his kitchen table and he would read passages and I would listen and then we would talk about it and it was so wonderful. And I don't even think at the time when I was that young, I really appreciated it as much as I do now, but it was a really good way of taking my mind off the mundane of everyday life and being able to really indulge in this spiritual text and get into these really meaty discussions about life and life after life and all those kind of things that maybe back in those days, it was really hard to find anyone that wanted to talk about that stuff. So let alone learning through him, who is such an almighty force in that realm and being able to just have those really beautiful discussions was something that I I really cherished and I still cherish to this day. I mean, I haven't learned from him for years, but when I reflect on it, it was such a, a big part of my growth. So then really my spiritual life lay dormant for a while. And then after I had that breakfast radio year, I came in to contact with another wonderful man who is deeply spiritual and I learned with him for a while and we studied a lot about the law of attraction, the law of cause and effect and again we would have these really beautiful meaty discussions. I really dived in deep with him and learned a lot and from that I kind of said goodbye to him and went on my merry way and he he even at the time was like wow I I seriously have never seen someone's life change so radically because you are very much embodying what you're learning, which some people take it in and 
they just read it and they may know it, but they don't embody it. And I think that's why I speak about it a lot in the podcast, why it's so unbelievably important to embody what you're talking about and what you believe in, because not only will it make you feel happier, but you see changes start happening in your life. And it's a really, it's a very magical thing. So I went off and I started forging my own path and spent a lot of my time researching the psychology behind happiness and the way that our minds work, our thought patterns and our triggers. And then I started studying human behavior. So topics like grief and fear of stepping into the unknown and trauma was also a particular interest to me. And then after that, I started obviously writing on a lot of these topics. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I weekly write a lot about these these different topics because I find it so important for others to read what I write and also talk about my learnings. And I also have a newsletter that goes out fortnightly that I do a lot of writing in. So spirituality and my faith in a world that we can't see basically governs everything I do in my life and it governs my interactions that I have with people, my purpose, the way I attach meaning to certain things and obviously the people I choose to surround myself with has been very important to me on this journey. I keep my close friends very close to me and they've been such a great support as I am to them And sometimes I feel like you don't need a whole lot of people in your life. You just need real quality people. And I know if I I start talking about friendships now that the closest people in my life, I mean, I I would trust them with everything. And I think sometimes it's hard to find people like that, that you can divulge everything to and there's absolutely no judgment and... They are they're just there for you and likewise as I am for them. And I I truly believe I attract such wonderful people into my life because I am like that to them too. And I think like attracts like. And when you're a good person and you're a trustworthy person and you're also never saying bad things about other people, then you'll attract wonderful people into your life as well. So I feel truly so grateful for the beautiful humans that I I'm so proud to call my friends because they truly are just phenomenal humans, as is my family. I have a wonderful family and they are so supportive and I'm very lucky to be surrounded by really wonderful humans. So those are basically my spiritual beliefs and the things that I use every day and I think it enriches my life so much as it must do for a lot of you that are listening. And my life really changed when I started to have these these spiritual beliefs. So I highly recommend taking a lot of them on. Again, if you listen to the podcast, every single conversation has a sprinkle of spirituality in it, some a lot more than others. And you can learn a lot of these practices, not only through myself, but through the people that I talk to as well. So there's episodes with people, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Caroline Mace, Marianne Williamson, Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, all highly, highly spiritual people and use spirituality and science together, a lot of them, and have really been able to change not only their lives, but the lives of many millions of other people. So highly recommend listening to any of those episodes as well. 
Now let's hear from Catherine, who has a really interesting question for me. I was just wondering what your process is for manifestation. I really love this question, Catherine. Manifestation is one of my all-time favourite things to do. I think I talk about it quite a bit on the podcast because I learned it many, many years ago and I'm constantly fine-tuning it based on my own research and what I feel is working for me. And I'll take you through the steps, but one of the most important things that I, I came to discover many years ago about manifestation is that it comes directly from your heart. It comes directly from your heart and your mind being in sync with each other. So there's one thing to think something, but when you're actually having the two in sync, you're closing that gap between cause and effect. So you may be asking, what is cause and effect? So cause and effect basically is the time that it takes for a manifestation to occur. So cause being you think about what you want as the manifestation and then the effect being the manifestation coming into into your world. If you can close the gap between cause and effect, that's closing the gap for allowing that manifestation to occur far more instantaneously. The way that I manifest is I do it within meditation. And I've actually just created a 20-minute manifestation meditation. So it's the meditation that I use nearly every single morning to be able to create the goodness in my life and the things that I want to help all of you guys out and, and to create a really wonderful existence. So basically, I get myself into this state of nothingness where I'm concentrating on my breath. So slowly, my thoughts are becoming a lot less and I'm quietening my mind. And then after that, I go into talking about a visualization process that we do when we're in manifestation that I learned many years ago. Through this visualization process, we're creating our new life, which is just a miraculous thing. And when I learned this, I was like, what? This is not new science. A lot of sports people have been doing this visualization technique for many years. A lot of musicians have been doing it for many years. Say if you're a sports person... You're a runner, you think about your race before it occurs, you imagine yourself running and finishing the race before other people. And the reason that it works so well is when we manifest, what we're trying to do is create a vibrational match between our energy and that potential in the quantum field. So when you synchronize your energy to a future reality, you can begin to draw these experiences into your life, which form new opportunities, synchronicities, and these coincidences. As I mentioned, I'll go into a visualization meditation. And when I'm in that meditation, I start getting my heart and my head in sync and thinking about things that I want to create in my life. So I'm literally visualizing these things. But when I'm doing it, I'm constantly raising my energy. Because if we're just visualizing them and we're not raising our energy, that means that we're just thinking about them. It's just having a, a normal thought. But when we raise our energy, that's when we're becoming a vibrational match between our energy and any potential in the quantum field. So this is a wonderful practice to do. And as I said, I've created a 20-minute manifestation for you guys. You can find it on my website in the shop section at sarahgrimberg.com. And you'll be able to do this whole technique. And I promise you, once you start, you won't be able to stop. It's so unbelievably addictive because when you start seeing your manifestations occur in life, you're like, wow, I, how is this even possible? I've been thinking about this thing. I've been manifesting it in my meditation. And then next minute it's here. So 
I highly recommend that you get that meditation and start manifesting your dreams because that's when I feel that you can really take control of your life and you can see the fruits of this wonderful world that we have. Hi, Sarah. This is Natasha. I would like to know, how do you get over your fear of change? Thank you so much. That is such a wonderful question and something that I struggled with for a very long time. So when I understood the idea that everything happens for you and not to you, it allowed me to realize that change is not a bad thing. And when you look at it through this lens, you'll understand that we're always being divinely guided and you really lose that fear around change, knowing that, okay, the change needed to occur. It needed to occur for my growth. It needed to occur for something amazing to happen in my life. Because if we're always doing the same thing, we're in the known. And when we're in the known, we're in those stale, worn-out memories of the past. And even if we don't like them, we become so unbelievably comfortable in the known because we can complain about it. We're not doing anything. You know when you have those friends that just complain constantly, but they don't do anything about it? It's that kind of idea, like you're stuck in the known, which is the stale, worn-out memories of the past. But when I'm in the unknown, I'm in this field of all opportunities. And when I really got my head around that, being in the unknown was one of my favourite places and still is one of my favourite places to be. It's fun, it's exciting, it's vibrant. And if you don't try something new, you're not experiencing the richness of life. So I'll give you an example. Before COVID, I worked in an office with my colleagues and I loved it. And I've worked in an office my whole working life. And then obviously COVID made it. So we had to work from home. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm going to hate this. I'm a really people's person and working at home is not going to be good for me. As soon as we were forced to work from home, I loved it. I just found I got so much more done. When I'm at work, I'm chatting to people all day because I love talking to people. I'm going to make a living out of it. But I, was, I wasn't getting as much done as what I was when I was at home. And I loved the flexibility of being at home as well, that I didn't have to do the commute to work. I was able to start earlier in the morning because... I didn't need to spend that time in traffic and I just absolutely loved it. So many reasons. But I never would have known that I would have enjoyed that had I just stayed in the known. And the only reason I moved out of the known is because I had to. I was forced to. And I feel like a lot of times in our life, we're forced to do things that we don't want to do. And then when we do them, we actually really enjoy them. But it doesn't need to get to the stage where we're forced we should be able to make those opportunities ourselves. And when I was working with Hamish and Andy, it was an amazing job as their executive producer for four years. But then it got to the point where I thought, well, if I want to create more opportunities in my life, I need to have more time. And the only way to create more time was if I gave up producing the boys podcast. And I absolutely adore working for the boys. They're the most phenomenal people that you could ever work with, such lovely bosses and so much fun. The team's wonderful, always laughing. The work is great, but at the same time, I knew also that that's not where I wanted my career to go. So I took a big leap into the unknown and I said to the boys that I, I was going to resign from working in that position and that was really hard because I actually really enjoyed it. And I moved into just doing some work for myself. And as soon as I did that, 
the door started opening and the time that I was putting into the boys, I was able to then use that time to create a lot of other opportunities in my life and work on the things that I knew were going to help more people because I know that I can touch a lot of people with my work. I just need to be able to have the time to do it. So yes, change is hard, but it also can be one of the most liberating things that we ever do. And with change comes opportunity. So I can't recommend change enough. And as I said, sometimes it can seem overwhelming or it can be easier to stay in those kind of comfort zones. But as they say, nothing ever came from a comfort zone. So if you are thinking of shifting something in your life, and it can be little changes, you don't have to do something sudden straight away, but just test the water and see how you go because I promise you, change is always such a wonderful thing. And when we learn to embrace that, all the fear is gone. And when you remember back to the whole idea that everything happens for you, not to you, then you'll you know that you'll always be okay. So I hope that helps you. And I'd love to hear any change stories that you have. Feel free to DM me on Instagram about them. I think it's so great for other people to hear them as well. So yes, send them to me and and maybe I'll end up doing an episode about it. I'd love to hear your stories. Hey, Sarah, it's Lisa. I've been listening to your podcast for years now. My question that I would love your advice on is, how do you find strength to set boundaries whilst still showing kindness? Thank you. So that is a really brilliant question. And if I'm truly honest... I've really never had so many issues with boundaries in my life or people overstepping boundaries. What comes to mind when asked that question is kind of probably in the last couple of years, obviously I have my business and it's a life of greatness and all the teachings and talks and things I do outside of that and writing. And there are a couple of people that work for me and I have an assistant who answers my emails and gets back to people when they want me for events or talks. Anyway, we're getting a real influx of people wanting to be on the podcast or wanting me to talk at events or be on their podcast. And it kind of got very overwhelming for her at a stage because people just kept writing and writing, which is, don't get me wrong, it's a wonderful thing. So I said to her, we need to start putting some boundaries in place here. So we decided that we would put a bounce back on the email and say to people that if we were keen for you to come on my podcast or Sarah is happy to speak at an event or partake in any media opportunity, we'll get back to you. But we can't get back to everyone's email. And that was a really nice boundary that we put in place because some people would email the same thing six times and in a really short space of time. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I'm all for trying. But at the same time, it's like, well, if we don't get back to you, that means no. And I think when you use boundaries and you do it in a kind way, then it's going to be able to not only suit you, but also the other person is going to be okay with it because you've been kind to them. And I think it's when we put up boundaries and we're not kind and we're rude or we're arrogant where we can feel that when we don't feel good about ourselves and we feel terrible that we had to be like that to another person. I think when things are always coming from the heart then, and they feel good, then that's okay. And sometimes when we first put up a boundary, it might feel awkward. But again, if you're doing it with kindness and grace, 
then I think you're always going to be okay. I've found strength in boundaries by saying to people, you need to respect my time as much as my assistant's time. And with other things in life as well, when people ask me to do a lot of stuff, I mean, I only have so much time to be able to do things because I have a family that I have to look after. I have the podcast and all the other bits and pieces I do around that. So I can only stretch myself so much. If I have to say no to things, it's because it's benefiting not just me, but my family as well, that are obviously the most important people in my lives. So putting a boundary in place, but doing it with kindness is something that I highly suggest. And like I said, if you can feel in your heart that the way you're doing it is kind, then you'll be okay. And the person that you're putting the boundary in place will be okay as well. Now let's hear from listener Ryan, who's got a really great question. Hey, Sarah, Ryan here. Love the podcast. I've got a quick one for you. I'm finding it a bit hard to stay motivated at the moment, especially after the lockdowns in Melbourne last year. How do you stay motivated um, and I guess not lose sight of your vision and your dreams? Thanks, Sarah. Bye. So this is a really fascinating question and one that I actually get a lot because a lot of people have told me they find it very hard to stay motivated. I've got to admit, I've never found it hard to stay motivated because I absolutely love what I do and I know what I do is greater than me. And when you know that you're able to help other people, and even if it's just one person, but you're being of service, then your heart explodes. And it gives you a sense that you really want to get up in the morning and make that change. You want to do whatever your job is that's going to help another person because it's not just all about you. And it's funny because when I ask people what is a life of greatness to them, within their answer will always be service. And I think that we're here not just because of ourselves to be in our little bubble, we're here to help other people. And when you do that, your life is enriched in a way that is just so, so unbelievably purposeful and rich. And watching other people grow from the work that I've done, if I mentor them or if I've been able to help them through the podcast or my writings, has just filled me with so much joy. I mean, I love the messages that I get from you guys, your emails, your DMs. It's just to make a difference is why I think I've been put on this earth and I'll try and do that to the day that I die. And the more people I can touch, the happier that I am. But also, even if you're just touching one person, that is such a special thing. So, If you want to stay motivated, I would try and do what you can to be of service to others. And when you are of service to others, you'll understand that this feeling is just so wonderful and seeing a smile on someone's face or seeing how you help them get over a certain circumstance or help them change the way that they think. So that is how I don't lose sight of my vision and my dreams because I always try to be, be helpful to other people. I love this next question. Hey, Sarah, it's Patria. Just wanted to know, who is your dream guest to interview? Thank you, Patria. That is a really great question. I think this one's going to actually surprise a lot of you. But my dream guest interview goes back to my childhood years and my love of music. If you don't know, I love music and I've always loved music for a very long period of time. And I grew up in the 90s, so I grew up with that That amazing Seattle rock era, the real, real rock and roll. 
And one of my favorite humans in the world is Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. So I've never actually sent a request, but he is someone that I would love to interview. And I know that I will get him one day. Don't you guys worry. Because he's, I mean, he's a wonderful human and his music has really transformed so many people. It definitely transformed me. I still love listening to it to this day. So yes, Eddie Vedder would definitely be my dream guest to interview. Hi, Sarah. It's Steve. I love your podcast. Just wondering, who has been your favourite guest that you've chatted to? I look forward to hearing your answer. Thanks. Oh, my goodness. It's like choosing a favourite child. I don't have a favourite guest because I honestly, like hand on heart, adore every single person who has come in front of me on a life of greatness. They've all been so brilliant in so many ways. But I'll, I'll tell you the interviews that have really stayed with me, who have really struck a chord. And like I said, I mean, I'm learning from these people that are talking to me just as much as you are. But the ones that really have really resonated with me are a very recent one I did with Ephraim Finch, who was the Jewish morgue director of the Hevra Kadisha. I think that interview changed my life forever in such a wonderful way. That man changed my life forever. To see someone so dedicated to service is just, just blew me away. And I highly suggest listening to that episode. It was just, it was wonderful. And also another gorgeous lady called Caroline Mace. She is a medical medium and an intuitive. We spoke a lot about prayer and She's just so, so wonderful. She, her work is, I've studied her work for a very long period of time and she's an amazing, amazing woman. So that was an episode that I loved. And of course, the wonderful Kate Langbrook, she's been on this podcast twice. She's this amazing entertainer in Australia. She's also a comedian. She's one of the most beautifully spoken humans I think I've ever come across. My interview with Kate as I said, I've done two, and especially the first one I did with her. I remember when she left the studio, sitting in the chair and just thinking to myself, thank you, doing a silent prayer, thank you for giving me this job, because to sit there and be able to talk about, about someone's life, and Kate has had a very rich life. She grew up in a Jehovah's Witness family and now she's obviously a big entertainer on Australian TV and radio and then her son had leukaemia and he's fine now but she's so harrowing telling the story and it was just such an intimate moment between her and I and I just thought what an what an honour it is to be able to share these stories and that was an interview that again I'll never forget and she is a truly truly beautiful human. Joe Dispenza is another person I've had on the podcast whose interviews were really mind-blowing. I mean, he talks about the mind-body connection in a way that I find so different to so many other people. He puts science into the mysticism. He's a wonderful human and his work is incredible. So I highly suggest listening to those two episodes I've done with him before. Next listener, Justine, has a really great question. Hi, Sarah. It's Justine. I love listening to your podcast every week and you always sound so upbeat and happy. I'd love to know if you have any tips and tricks on how to stay so upbeat and happy in life. Thanks. So I can tell you now (laughs) that yes, 
I am an upbeat person, but of course I'm a human and I do have my bad days. And it's really interesting because when I was reflecting on that question, I was thinking to myself, what is the difference between the way that I am now to the way that I was many years ago? And the thing is, it's the time that it takes me to get to centre. So if something comes into my life that does affect me, which it does with everyone, I mean, we're all human, the bounce back time to feeling okay again is so much shorter than it used to be. I could get affected by something and it could take me a couple of weeks to get over it or a couple of months. But now I obviously have the tools that I've learned in place to be able to get me back to centre very fast. So I think that when it comes to having bad days, I don't have as many of them. And when I do, they don't last for as long. And there's obviously we all have things in life that are going to affect us and, and we can't control everything in life, nor should we. And some things take us down fast. We're always having new experiences and those things can be really rattling. And can I tell you, that's absolutely okay as well because we're humans and we've been given a whole range of emotions to be able to feel them all as well. And I definitely am very expressive when it comes to my emotions. I'm also very empathetic and that can be painful at times because when I'm very close to people, I almost feel like I feel what they're feeling when they're sad. But I've used that to get the best out of my skills as an interviewer and being in the job that I do and interviewing the sorts of people that I do. I can, I just feel that I can be very in tune with their stories and that allows me to be able to then give the information to you guys in the best way possible. So Yes, I mostly am an upbeat person, but I do have bad days as well. And we can't control everything in this world. And sometimes we get knocked by information that rattles us or things that affect not only us, but other people that we care for and love. And that can be really hard sometimes. And that's okay. We're allowed to feel the range of emotions. So I hope that the work that I've been teaching and the interviews that I've been sharing with you guys has allowed you to be a bit more happier in your day than maybe you were before you started listening. Now let's hear from Jane. Hey Sarah, Jane here. Love the show. Um, I was just wondering if you have any mentors. Obviously when I was young, when I was 17, I uh, studied Kabbalah with a mentor and then I had that spiritual mentor for a couple of years over a decade ago. But now I don't. I mentor a lot of people myself and I like looking at them and seeing how much I can give to them and how their lives can change. So I'm a true believer that when the student is ready, the teacher will come. So if any of you thinking about wanting to get a mentor, then it might be someone that you work with or even a friend that might just know a little bit more information about this kind of realm more so than you do. And it even if you can't find anyone and you really want a mentor, it's such a great idea to just get into books and literature and you teach yourself. You don't need to have someone that you sit with every week to talk about things. You can study this information yourself or listen to the podcast. There are so many different avenues to be able to enrich your life more. So please, I don't want anyone to think like, if I don't have a mentor, then I'm not going to be able to get my alignment right in life. That's completely not true. There's so many different resources these days to be able to enrich our lives and podcasts and books are two big ones. So I highly recommend 
delving into them. And if there's particular books or anything that you want guidance on or to be recommended, then I highly suggest signing up to my newsletter at sarahgrimberg.com fortnightly. There's a section about books in that that I've, I've recently read that I'll recommend. So you can go there if you'd like to be given information or of course, don't be shy to DM me on Instagram and I will get back to you. The next question is one that I get from so many of you guys and Dave has asked me it as well. Hi, Sarah, it's Dave. I'd love to hear about your morning routine as you work and have young kids as well. And I'd just love to know how you fit it all in. So morning routine, I wake up, usually it's around 6am or something like that, uh, depending if I have an interview on in the morning or what I'm doing in my day, but usually 6am is, is the time. So it's not crazy early. And I always say the prayer of St. Francis before I get up. So I say it in my head when I'm in bed. This is just something I've been doing for many years now. And then the first thing I do is I go in to meditate and before I do that, I make sure I don't turn my phone on. I don't check my phone. It's on. I sleep with it on aeroplane mode. So the reason I do that as well is because then your mind's not being distracted before you go into meditation. It's going from that slumber straight into meditation. You're not thinking about, oh, I just got an email from this person or I've got to write a message back to this person. Your brain is still not fired by other distractions in your life. It's going from sleep. Maybe you go to the bathroom first and then you go straight into meditation. I also don't eat or anything before I meditate. It's a nice idea if you can to try and meditate on an empty stomach. So I go into a meditation of some sort. I meditate anywhere between 20 minutes. If I'm doing one of my manifestation meditations, there's also two 10 minute meditations I've created. Again, they're on the shop section of my website. One is for morning time to have clarity and energy in your day. And then there's also an evening meditation that runs for 10 minutes to help you have a really great deep sleep. So I'll do maybe a 10 minute meditation, the morning one, if I don't have that much time, even if I have to be at work at 6am, which I occasionally do to do an an interview with someone in New York because their time difference is not great at the moment. I'll do that 10 minute morning meditation that I have. I will not give up meditation because to me, that has been one of the biggest things that has changed my life. And not only that, I just love it. I love sitting in meditation. And I always think when I'm praying, I'm talking to God. And when I'm in meditation, that is when the divine is talking to me. It's such a sacred time. It's a time where I'm able to be still and just in that state of nothingness. All of our lives are so unbelievably busy with so many different things and to be able to have that quiet time and just center our thoughts and go into that state of nothingness to me is just one of my all-time favorite times of the day. So meditation is an absolute non-negotiable and something that I will do till the day I die. I just absolutely love it. And can I tell you, I did not like meditation before I started doing it. So I'm not one of these people who had just like started doing meditation and loved it. I have a monkey mind like you do My thoughts go left, right and centre, but I learned to do meditations that I loved. I mean, I think I started off, I found some meditations on the internet and I did not enjoy them and I found them boring and all I could see was my thoughts racing. And then I found some meditations that I really liked and that was life-changing. So as I said, if you're new to this, there are three beautiful meditations on my website under the shop section at sarahgrimberg.com, a morning one, 
an evening one and a manifestation one. And they're all so unbelievably life-changing. So I highly suggest purchasing any of them. After I finish my meditation and my mind is still, I, I will always, again, talk to my higher self. I'll talk about what I want to get out of my day and things that I want for my community. And I might even send prayers to people in my life that I care about that might not be well or anyone that I think needs a helping hand. That's very important to me. I I really believe praying works and I've interviewed enough people who have had near-death experiences who have come back to say that they could feel other people's prayers. So I'll make sure that I say prayers to the people in my life that I really care about. And then three days a week I do exercise. So I used to do it more, but I, I don't. And three days seems to work for me at the moment. So I have personal training a couple of days a week. And then I do boxing as well that I've done for years. And I really, really love that. And then I'll obviously have a really healthy breakfast of some sort. And I really, that my morning time is sacred. And of course, I then have to look after my kids and make sure that they're ready for school. So I give myself enough time to be able to do things for myself and then take care of my kids as well because I think when we're making sure our cup is full, then we're giving the best that we can, the best of ourselves to our children or to our loved ones, to our family, to our friends, and that's unbelievably important. So I always highly suggest you need to take care of yourself and once you're intact, you can give the best out to everyone that is around you. And now, Asha... What is our final question? Hi, Sarah. It's Asha. Now I get to ask you the question you always ask your guests. What is a life of greatness to you? What is a life of greatness to me? Obviously a great question. A life of service and love, definitely. I mean, to love fully and unconditionally with no regrets and do what you love and give. I mean, giving what you can to others so you can enrich their lives is just so unbelievably important. And and when I say giving, it might be a smile or some advice, but to help another on their journey is such a special thing. So that is what a life of greatness is to me. And I think if we can all embody that, not only will we be able to help others, but we'll be able to live the greatest life. I wanted to thank you all for being here. Thank you for supporting the podcast over the last three years. It means the absolute world to me. And I will continue to drop episodes with amazing thought leaders and maybe do a few more of these Q&As. It's been so much fun. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you've enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to join my community on Instagram at Sarah Grimberg, where we post videos and behind-the-scenes footage of each recording. You can also join my private Facebook group, Live Life Greatly, where we discuss the content in this episode and many more, as well as give advice and tips on how to live a life of love and meaning. To purchase my ebook, Finding Greatness, head to sarahgrimberg.com. And if you love what you heard, then we'd love you to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app and leave a five-star review. It will help us share this wisdom with others. One of my favourite spiritual teachers, Marianne Williamson, is coming to Australia to do some live shows. She will teach you to discover how to harness the power of love into a collective force for good and transform yourself and the planet. To purchase tickets, go to maryanne.com forward slash upcoming events.
listener.